Chapter five of Mr. Waddington of Wick by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter five, part one. Mr. Waddington was in his library, drawing up his prospectus while Fanny and Barbara Madden looked on. At Fanny's suggestion, he owned magnanimously that it was a good one, he had decided to sail in, as she called it with a prospectus first not only before he formed his committee but before he held his big meeting they had fixed the date of it for that day month saturday june the twenty first you come before them from the beginning she said with something fixed and definite that they can't go back on and by signing the prospectus horatio bish waddington he identified it beyond all contention with himself it was at this point that barbara had blundered why she had said should we go to all that bother and expense why can't we send out the original prospectus my dear barbara the original prospectus isn't any good why isn't it because it isn't horatio's prospectus barbara looked down and away from the dangerous light in fanny's eyes but it expresses his views doesn't it that's no good when he wants to express them himself and so far from being any good the original prospectus was a positive hindrance to mr waddington it took all the wind out of his sails it took as he justly complained the very words out of his mouth and the ideas out of his head it got in his way and upset him at every turn somehow or other he had got to stamp his personality upon this thing it's no good he said if they can't recognize it as a personal appeal from me and here it was stamped all over and indelibly with the personalities of sir maurice gedge and his london committee and he couldn't depart radically from the lines they had laid down there were just so many things to be said and sir maurice and his committee had contrived to say them all but though the matter was given him mr waddington before he actually tackled his prospectus had conceived himself as supplying his own fresh and inimitable manner the happy touch the sudden arresting turn but somehow it wasn't working out that way try as he would he couldn't get away from the turns and touches supplied by sir maurice gedge it would have been easy enough he said to draw up the original prospectus i'd a thousand times rather do that than write one on the top of it fanny agreed it's got to look different she said without being different couldn't we said barbara turn it upside down upside down he stared at her with great owl's eyes offended suspecting her this time of an outrageous levity yes really upside down you see the heads go in this order defence of private property defence of capital defence of liberty defence of government defence of the empire danger of revolution communism and bolshevism every man's duty why not reverse them every man's duty danger of bolshevism communism and revolution defence of the empire defence of government defence of liberty defence of capital defence of private property that's an idea said fanny not at all a bad idea said mr waddington you might take down the heads in that order barbara took them down and it was agreed that they presented a very original appearance thus reversed and as barbara pointed out the one order was every bit as logical as the other and though mr waddington objected that he would have preferred to close on the note of government and empire he was open to the suggestion that while this might appeal more to the county 
with the farmers and townspeople capital and private property would strike further home and by the time he had changed combat the forces of disorder to take a stand against anarchy and disruption and spirit of freedom in this country to british genius for liberty and darkest hour in england's history to blackest period in the history of england he was persuaded that the prospectus was now entirely and absolutely his own but i think we must sound the note of hope to end up with my own message how about we must remember that the darkest hour comes before dawn my dear horatio if you inflate yourself so over your prospectus you'll have no wind left when you come to speak be as wildly original as you please but don't be wasteful and extravagant all right fanny i will reserve the dawn please make a note of that miss madden speech blackest or did i say darkest hour before dawn you'd better reserve all you can said fanny when barbara had typed the prospectus mr waddington insisted on taking it to pycraft himself he wanted to ensure its being printed without delay and to arrange for the posters and handbills he also wanted to see the impression it would make on pycraft and on the young lady in pycraft's shop he liked to think of the stir in the composing room when it was handed in and of the importance he was conferring on pycraft you haven't said what you think of the prospectus said fanny as they watched him go i haven't said what i think of the league of liberty what do you think of it i think it looks as if somebody was in an awful funk and i don't see that there's going to be much liberty about it that said fanny is how it struck me but it'll keep horatio quiet for the next six months quiet and afterwards oh afterwards there'll be his book i'd forgotten his book that'll keep him quieter than anything else if you can get him to settle down to it part two that evening barbara witnessed the reconciliation of mr waddington and ralph bevan mr waddington made a spectacle of it standing majestic and immovable by his hearth and holding out his hand long before ralph had got near enough to take it good evening ralph glad to see you here again good of you to ask me sir barbara thought he winced a little at the sir he had a distaste for those forms of deference which implied his seniority you could see he didn't like ralph his voice was genial but there was no light in his bulging stare the heavy lines of his face never lifted she wondered was it ralph's brilliant youth that had offended him reminding him even when he refused to recognize his fascination for you could see that he did refuse that he regarded ralph bevan as an inferior insignificant personality barbara had to revise her theory he wasn't jealous of him it would never occur to him that fanny or barbara for that matter could find ralph interesting nothing could disturb for a moment his immense satisfaction with himself he conducted dinner with a superb detachment confining his attention to fanny and barbara as if he were pretending that ralph wasn't there until suddenly he heard fanny asking him if he knew anything about the national league of liberty and what he thought of it mr waddington doesn't want to know what i think of it no but we want to my dear fanny any opinion any honest opinion oh ralph's opinion will be honest enough honest i dare say said mr waddington well if you really want to know i think it's a pathological symptom a what said mr waddington startled into a show of interest pathological symptom it's all funk blue funk true blue funk that's what barbara says 
the young man looked at barbara as much as to say i knew i could trust you to take the only intelligent view it's run he said by a few imbeciles like sir maurice gedge they're scared out of their lives of bolshevism do you mean to say that bolshevism isn't dangerous not in this country perhaps then you'd like to see a soviet government in this country i didn't say so but i understand that you uphold bolshevism i don't uphold funk but said ralph there's rather more in it than that it's being engineered it's a deliberate dishonest and malicious attempt to discredit labour absurd said mr waddington you show that you are ignorant of the very principles of the league if he recognised ralph's youth it was only to despise it as crude and uninformed it is the national league of liberty well that's about all the liberty there is in it liberty to suppress liberty you may not know that i'm starting a branch of the league in wick i'm sorry sir i did not know fanny why did you lay that trap for me because i wanted your real opinion before you set up an opinion you had better come to my meeting on the twenty-first then perhaps you'll learn something about it fanny changed the subject to sir john corbett's laziness a man said mr waddington without any seriousness any sense of responsibility after coffee mr waddington removed fanny to the library to consult with him about the formation of his committee leaving barbara and ralph bevan alone fanny waved her hand to them from the doorway signalling her blessing on their unrestrained communion it's deplorable said ralph to see a woman of fanny's intelligence mixing herself up with a rotten scheme like that poor darling she only does it to keep him quiet oh yes i admit there's every excuse for her they looked at each other and smiled a smile of delicious and secret understanding isn't he wonderful she said i thought you'd like him i say you know i must come to his meeting he'll be more wonderful than ever there can't you see him i can it's almost too much to think that i should be allowed to know him to live in the same house with him to have him turning himself on by the hour together what have i done to deserve it i see he said you have got it got what the taste for him the genuine passion i had it when i was here i couldn't have stood it if i hadn't i know you must have had it you've got it now and i don't suppose i've seen him anything like at his best you'll get more out of him than i did oh do you think i shall yes he may rise to greater heights you mean he may go to greater lengths perhaps i don't know you'd have of course to stop his lengths which would be a pity i think of him mostly in heights there's no reason why you shouldn't let him soar but i mustn't discuss him i've just eaten his dinner no we mustn't barbara agreed that's the worst of dinners i say though can't we meet somewhere where we can yes where we can let ourselves rip couldn't we go for more walks together well, i'm afraid there won't be time there'll be loads of time when he's off in his car rounding up the county when he's off i'm on as mrs waddington's companion fanny won't mind she'll let you do anything you like at any rate she'll let me do anything i like will you ask her of course i shall so they settled it part three when barbara said to herself that mr waddington would spoil her evening with ralph bevan she had judged by the change that had come over the house since the return of its master you felt it first in the depressed faces of the servants of partridge and annie trinder 
a thoughtful gloom had settled even on kimber worse than all fanny waddington had left off humming barbara missed that spontaneous expression of her happiness she thought what is it he does to them and yet it was clear that he didn't do anything they were simply crushed by the sheer mass and weight of his egoism he imposed on them somehow his incredible consciousness of himself he left an atmosphere of uneasiness you felt it when he wasn't there even when fanny had settled down in the drawing-room with tono bungay you felt her fear that at any moment the door would open and horatio would come in but barbara wasn't depressed she enjoyed the perpetual spectacle he made she enjoyed his very indifference to ralph his refusal to see that he could command attention his conviction of his own superior fascination she knew now what ralph meant when he said it would be unkind to spoil him for her he was to burst on her without preparation or description she was to discover him first of all herself first of all but she could see the time coming when her chief joy would be their making him out bit by bit together she even discerned a merry devil in fanny that amused itself at horatio's expense that was aware of barbara's amusement and condoned it there were ultimate decencies that prevented any open communion with fanny but beyond that refusal to smile at horatio after eating his dinner she could see no decencies restraining ralph she could count on him when her private delight became intolerable and must be shared but there were obstacles to their intercourse mr waddington couldn't very well start on what he called his campaign until he was armed with his prospectus and pyecraft took more than a week to print it and while she sat idle thinking of her salary the fiend of conscience prompted barbara to ask him for work wasn't there his book my book my cotswold book he pretended he had forgotten all about it he waved it away the book is only a recreation an amusement plenty of time for that when i've got my league going still i shall be glad when i can settle down to it again he was considering it now with reminiscent affection if it would amuse you to look at it he began a fussy search in his bureau ah here we are he unearthed two piles of manuscript one typed the other written both scored with erasures with almost illegible corrections and insertions it's in a terrible mess he said she saw what her work would be to cut away through the jungle to make clearings if i were to type it all over again you'd have a clean copy to work on when you were ready oh if you would be so good it's that young rascal ralph he'd no business to leave it in that state her scruple came again to barbara mr waddington you'd take him on again for your secretary if he'd come back oh he'd come back all right trust him and you'd take him my dear young lady why should i i don't want him i want you and i don't want to stand in his way oh you needn't worry about that i can't help worrying about it you'd take him back if i wasn't here you are here but if i weren't come come you mustn't talk to me like that she went away and talked to fanny i can't bear doing him out of his job if he'll come back my dear you don't know ralph he'd die rather than come back they made it impossible between them mr waddington says he'd take him back if i wasn't here he wouldn't he only thinks he would because it makes him feel magnanimous he offered ralph half a year's salary if he'd go at once and ralph went at once and wouldn't touch the salary that made him come out top dog and horatio didn't like it 
not that he supposed he could score off ralph with money he isn't vulgar no he wasn't vulgar but she wondered how he would camouflage it to himself that insult to his pride and there was ralph's pride that was so fiery and so clean yet yet mr bevan comes and dines she said yes he comes and dines he'll always be my cousin though he won't be horatio's secretary he's got a very sweet nature and he keeps the issues clear but what will he do he can't live on his sweet nature oh he's got enough to live on though not enough to to do what he wants on but he'll get a job all right you needn't bother your dear little head about ralph fanny said to herself i'll tell him then he'll adore her more than ever if only he adores her enough he'll buck up and get something to do end of chapter five recording by expatriate in bangor maine